Welcome back to the Sue Simpson Show podcast. And today I'm meeting a pilgrim I've never met before. Uh, his name is Colm. Have I pronounced that correctly? Yeah, I, I get called lots of variations on it. I remember whenever I was a student living over in England, mm-hmm. the variations were wide. <laughs> but yeah, Colm, yeah, it's, it's the easiest way of pronouncing it. Um, so, Colm, where are you, where are you from? Um, I'm from Northern Ireland. I live mm-hmm. just outside Belfast. Um, but I've lived a, a number of places over the years, including whenever I was a student. I was based over um, just south of yourself um, on the outskirts of Wakefield. Oh, lovely. Um, I used to live in, in the West Yorkshire Sculpture Park at, uh, for a while there whenever I was a student at Bretton Hall. Grisdale? No, um, I, I was based in West Bretton, was the mm-hmm. tiny village where the West Yorkshire Sculpture Park is. Um, so left on campus there and then moved into Wakefield where they had um, more student housing there as well. Oh, wow. But, uh, yeah. What were you Northern studying? I did um, arts education and specialised in popular music. Oh, excellent. Um, so it's quite varied um, yeah. content that was on it, yeah. So what, what was your, what's your instrument? Um. it's wide (laughs) Um, initially it was just violin I started violin whenever I was very very young seven years of age or something but um, then as I grew and doing um, GCSE and A levels you know I did piano and um, guitar took over for a while and pretty much ruined GCSE (laughs) Um, and now as an adult I went back to learning um, and I've been doing the Illin pipes, which are the Irish. Oh, wow. Yeah. You'll have the Northumbrian pipes, and uh, I think you might even have Cumbrian pipes. Um, yeah. I'm not Cumbrian, small, <laughs> so, so I wouldn't know. They might be. You get small pipes as well, but the, hmm. the Irish Illin pipes, people will recognize the sound. Yeah, they're beautiful. Um, they're they're Illin, which means elbow in Irish, yeah. so they're, they're pumped, um, so you don't have to blow into them like bagpipes. Are they similar to the Galician pipes? The they're yeah. they're not too far off. Um, there's there's actually a lot of Spaniards that do play um, the Ilan pipes as well. Hmm. In fact, um, the more I learn and the more time I'm playing, the further we seem to find people around the world that are playing them. Japan. Uh, Argentina, Brazil, they're, they're all over the place. It's, it's great to see and great to hear. Yeah, there's those, those Celtic connections everywhere. Yeah, yeah, there's 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 a, a massive Celtic festival that takes place in France each year, and it is people from across the globe that mm. attend it. Um, and hopefully in, in, in the next few years, I'll get to go there myself and just Are you see play? what it's like. I, I don't think so. I, I wouldn't be of that standard yet on the pipes. Um, I don't mind uh, playing fiddle once in a while, but um, the pipes, they're, they're... People think the violin's hard because you're playing like a tightrope, but mm. um, the pipes are worse because you're pressing with one arm to have the right amount of pressure on the, another arm, and then you're blown through a reed, and the smallest change can change the pitch. Uh yeah. It can change the intonation of the notes. You can end up with hard notes, so you can actually block your read altogether if you too, put too much pressure on it. So um, it, it's something which we've been told it takes about 20 years to learn to do and then 20 years to master. 
Wow, if well, we all last that long, <laughs> <laughs> if only we'd met on the Camino, we could have had a jam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that, so, like on the Camino, I always carry a wee whistle with me. Oh, just really? Practice up. Yeah, I carry a tin whistle with me, uh, which gets some strange looks going through customs and security checks. But um, yeah, you keep practicing. Yeah, I met an Australian guy who had a pink guitar, and he just he lent me the guitar for about um about two hours of the Masetta. So there's uh, there's pictures of me walking along playing this ridiculously camp guitar, but it's great. Is that the one you famously shredded? <laughs> no, that was a ukulele <laughs> that I shredded. Or was it the ukulele? <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, I've got a few ukuleles about the place as well. I, I'm a, I'm in my shed here, called the shed. It's an outdoor office, but. Yeah, you can't see it on the wall above where the computer is. Guitars and ukuleles all about the place. It's a beautiful shed. So why did you do the Camino in the first place? Because, I mean, you've you've done it a bit differently to the way that I and a number of people that I know have done. You keep going back, is that correct? Yeah. um, How I got into it in the first place, I I was aware of the Camino. Um, Mm. I'd heard about it um, for a number of years. And then... For a period of time, my wife and I, we lived in Spain. Mm. Some of the friends that we had there had walked it or were walking it during their summer holidays. Um, I had other students that were walking it or had done part of it with school. So I was very curious about it. And I'm, I've never been one for sitting on a beach doing nothing. I, I yeah. can't do that sort of holiday. I need to be out, whether that's literally walking around a city or just walking through the countryside. I'd rather be doing something than lying on a beach or by a pool doing nothing. It doesn't mm. work. For me. Absolutely. Um, the notion was always there to do it. And I just kept on, it just kept on niggling at me that, I want to do this Camino, I want to do the Camino, uh, particularly the Francaise, um, because it's one of my students had talked to me about mm-hmm. that. That's what they did for their, their summer. She'd go up to the south of France and would walk over the Pyrenees. Um, so it got to a point where my wife just turned around and said, well, i let you do it. Mm-hmm. just go <laughs> and I, I have, to, I have to, to to sort of back that up some people might go she let you what do you mean by that um i'm a father to four kids right wow yeah <laughs> and at, at that time um whenever i first started whenever i was given the okay which i think was probably 2019 um we had just had twins in 2018 wow. in September 2018 so they were still quite young my wife was on maternity leave um, so for her to turn around and say, yeah, you can go and do the Camino mm-hmm. was extremely selfless of her. Absolutely. The time yeah. to get away. She probably didn't realize that really to walk the entire thing would take over a month. Yeah. Um, so whenever that did come up, I, I sort of had to bite the bullet and accept that I wasn't going to get away for an entire mm-hmm. month, leaving four children at home which is fully understandable. So the way I've been able to do it is that I might get away for a week uh, at a time and I walk as far as I can in that. Mm-hmm. Generally about five, seven days of walking. Sometimes I've been able to stretch it to 10 days getting away. There's a day of travel to get there. There's a day of travel to get back. So I walk as much as I can during those intervening days and so I walk from point A to point B, go home, mm-hmm. 
then fly back again. One of the advantages of living so close to Spain, cheap flights. Um, come back the next time and continue from B to C, go home and keep walking. So yeah. um, I started in 2019 and uh, from there, each year I go back and get back for about a week or so. Um, and that, that it seems to be most people either do it in one big go or they'll take the entire time off. Yeah. Or if they have a shorter amount of time, they tend to do a smaller section of it, famously from Saria yeah. to Santiago. You can do that in a week easily. Mm, absolutely. Um, for most, for most easily in a week. So I thought, no, I want to walk the entire thing. I don't want to be skipping bits. And I've disciplined myself to stick to that. It'd be very easy for me to get to a point, get a bus on, which in some locations, I think uh, one year I'd stopped in Los Arcos. Mm -hmm. So there's no real, real connections from Los Arcos. There were no very, there wasn't very good bus routes from Los yeah. Arcos. I think it was maybe one bus an hour or one bus every three hours. So um could have easily just skipped on to Lagrano and kept walking from there. But something inside me wants me to know that I've walked every single bit of it. Yeah, I get um, that. <laughs> so I kept going. I, I, I go back to wherever I got, got to. So Los Arcos or Santo Domingo de la Calzada, wherever it is. Thankfully, the next time I'm going back, which is in June, mm -hmm. it's to Burgos. Easy to get to. There's yeah. a direct Absolutely. That way. That Burgos is good. You'll enjoy yeah. it. So that's the way I'm doing it. I've got another seven days away, a week away, um, in June. So day of the travel, either end. So five days of walking. And I'm going to see how much of the Masada I can get covered mm -hmm. um, safely without killing myself. But that means that the training has started. Excellent. Trying to lots of water. <laughs> well, that's, that's actually the hardest part of the training is trying yeah. to down two liters of water a day. Three point five. <laughs> it should be three point five. It, it it will build up. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. But, it's difficult. Yeah, and as soon as you have that first pee, you know that's that's the locks. Hmm. As, as men, we're we're actually um, a, a little bit more suited to the masetta because yeah. I found a, a lot of women that I met didn't want to pee outside because of like sort of people and privacy and all the rest of it. And they yeah. end up getting more blisters because they're not hydrating properly. Well, I must admit every time I've done the Camino, I have in recollection, I have never had to pee while walking. Oh really? Because, yeah. I, I, I don't know whether it's just been the heat, but even mm -hmm. the last time I went was, technically winter mm -hmm. um for them I, I i never found the urge to go to the toilet while out walking um so maybe that's something that will crop up but i could easily down two liters and you probably sweat most of that off yeah uh, you know um i think it would be a very good sign if um the urine was a very light color at the end of the day generally is <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do, I do tend to pee a lot. 
So yeah, it's, yeah, it's just one of those. So but I have I've got, I've got very little qualms. I'm just kind of like, let's, if you've got a problem with it, that's your problem. I need a piece. I'm going to just find a tree, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think if, if if it did need to go, it'd probably make me walk faster. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there was there was one point with a friend of mine who had to do the other thing, and there was no cafes or anything around, oh. and oh, it was an absolute nightmare. The one problem, well, one of the problems with them. Um, the Camino Frances in general, especially at the start of it, not so much in Galicia, is all the, as as we would call it, the chocolate paper around. Basically, people would use the, um, yeah, it's a bit of a, it's an issue. I don't know how yeah. they clean that up, literally. Well, that's, um, at home here, whenever I do go walking, I actually carry a litter picker with me. Mm. And I have some black plastic bags um, in my hip pockets of my uh, rucksack. So, if I do spot stuff, I can pick it up, which at home it tends to be more um, dog poop bags, Yeah, unfortunately. But that is one of my sort of pet hits is litter and even more so along the Camino because yeah. I think I, I can understand that sometimes things might fall out of your pocket. You know, you stuff things in, you keep walking, you maybe you don't notice. Mm. But at other times along the Camino, it's very clear that People just chuck stuff. Don't they? People have chuck stuff. They don't care enough, mm. and that gives pilgrims a bad name. Yeah, and that's not really the ideal. So, um, yeah, I, I, if it's a number two that needs to be done, that's something that isn't coming out unless you're taking a cat hole and burying it, which really isn't ideal either. Mm. Um, it's if you if you're bringing it in. So the Camino, you take it out of the Camino. Absolutely. So the, the message is pil pilgrims, pick up your poop. <laughs> yeah, stick it in a sealable bag. Hide take it somewhere up your rucksack so yeah. nobody If you can, If you can do it with the dog, you can do it with your own. You know, and It's not yeah. that difficult. Um, yeah. One of the most important things about the Camino for me was making like my Camino family. I was, I was, I was kind of like going, I'll do this on my own. And very quickly, I met some people and became very close. And we're going to be friends for life probably. Um, but with you doing it like in small sections, do you keep picking up different like different families every time you go, or is it what? How was that for you? Yeah, I I think it's I, I you know it's 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 one of those things I don't think you can help but not pick up a Camino family, mm. or at least you get to know people that you see every single day, no matter where in the world they're from or what language they're speaking. You might not be able to speak the same language at any point. You'll be able to nod, wink, yeah. wave. You know, there's a conversation that grows on there, which acknowledges this, that you're both on the same journey. And yeah, I do it solo, so I literally rock up and hope for the best. Yeah. Um. I I have never booked a night's accommodation ahead of time. I walk as far as I'm going to get to, and then find somewhere to sleep. So it is very easy to fall out of sync with that Camino family that you yeah. might start a journey with. But I must admit, the, the best um, experience I had was definitely in 2019, whenever I first started, because you did meet those same people over the, the number of days, and the conversations got very deep mm. and very personal and um, very open. Uh, and that was very humbling and very insightful and encouraged me um, to keep going, to keep walking, and maybe made me fall in love with the Camino experience even more. Mm. Um, I went back in 
2020. Now, we had the March lockdown in the UK. Yeah. Um, Spain was very badly affected. Italy was all closed off by that point. And nobody was really going anywhere for a few months. And I had been booked to fly out in March and those flights were cancelled. As soon as Spain opened up on the 1st of July and we were allowed to travel, I booked flights and literally yeah. went. As soon as it opened, I booked flights and went back the following week. And it was extremely quiet. Extremely. You you would have had an, an entire room just to yourself. Wow. And I th- the, the numbers were, were really, really low as well. I think there was one Spanish man that I met um, a number of times and had quite a few conversations with. But then I also came across um, two from the UK, mm-hmm. uh, a young lady from Liverpool who was, I think she, from recollection, she was a trucker and she had felt the need to do the Camino and had asked for time off from work. They wouldn't give her the full month off. So she actually left her job. Wow. To go and do. Yeah. So that that's is all in the middle of for most people still lockdowns across mm. most of the world. Um, but there was also a gentleman who thought I was Spanish for the first few days that we kept bumping yeah. into each other, and it was only afterwards when we were literally nearly passing each other every single day, and I sort of I think it might have been a lapse instead of saying Buen Camino or Hola. It was how you doing, and yeah. sort of. I thought you were Spanish. <laughs> no, no, no. He he was a teacher from England. It was the summer holidays, and he was walking. So I wasn't the only person from um, the UK or, or Ireland that had sort of literally jumped and um, taken the opportunity to get back to the Camino as quickly as possible. Um, and even then, the last time, there were people that. We're on a completely different journey. They had started from St. Jean and they were continuing to walk and just happened to be that we fell under the same sort of steps. Mm. And uh, that sort of camaraderie immediately builds up. And it, it's strange how quickly it builds it's up. It's weird, isn't it? It's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean, I I went go- thinking that's going to be my only time. I'm never going to do it ever again. It's going to be once in a lifetime. And now there's part of me kind of going, no, I'm definitely going to be going back at some point. I don't know which Camino, yeah. but there's going to be some point in, in my life where I, I, I need to go back. I don't know why, but those are those connections that you make with people are so important. Yeah, definitely. And it, it's it's a weird, for anyone that hasn't done it, it is the weirdest experience because there's nowhere else in the world that you would go to and freely open up to people yeah. and share and give stuff away and accept things from people so freely mm. as you would on the Camino. Like random people will give you food or drink. And if if you're in the mood, you, you'll definitely take it and eat it or drink it. Mm. I don't think there's anywhere else that any other holiday that I've ever been on that I'd go, yeah, 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 I'd, I'd do that. Yeah. yeah. It, um, it feels like it's life, how life should be. <laughs> yes, it, definitely. And I can emphasize it is a completely different experience um, of Spain than you will have any other way going to Madrid or my wife and I, we lived in the south of Spain in Almeria for a year and it was a completely different experience. Uh, seeing each individual village, um, experiencing that with other people and being able to talk about it, um, 
physically experiencing the landscape, not driving over it, yeah. not flying over it, walking through the trees, the fields, the vineyards. Um, you, you just don't get that anywhere else. It's you know, beautiful. It was the only real experience you'll get of that. So do you feel like, um, I mean, because there's lots of stuff which we get from the Camino, but I think it's a, a symbiotic thing. Um, do you think that you gave a lot to it as well? Or do you con- you're continuing to give stuff to it? Blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At, and 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 so at sometimes it has been blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. Um, uh, but there's an there's a massive amount of effort and dedication that the Camino asks of us. Um, there's long distances to be walked. Uh, at certain times of the year, the temperatures can be uh, very demanding, extremely hot or extremely cold. Um, and I would have to say we, we, we do have to give that back to it. Hmm. Um, it gives us an experience with other people, um, an experience with ourselves and our own minds and our own hearts. Um, and you won't get that if you're not going to give back. Yeah, it teaches you a lot of lessons. Yeah, and it is giving your own blood, sweat, and tears, whether that's blisters and Mm. the pus that comes out of those or um, slipping and falling, cutting yourself, or whatever it may be, um, or just personal reflection, because you have a lot of time to yourself. Mm. Um, Yeah, you do end up giving it back. And then there's the experience with other people. Yeah. That you'll suddenly find that somebody's walking along, for example, they might have dropped something and you might recognize it from some some other pilgrim that you've seen. You will pick that up and you could be traveling for another 10 kilometers or two days carrying that one item mm. in case you see that person and you would give it back to them and they'll find that really strange and that whole the Camino gives what you need. Yeah, that changed that, my life. Yeah, circular, you know, people do it to you, yeah. you do it to other people. And yeah, it, it it makes the whole thing really worthwhile. Absolutely. And there's, I mean, I found a, at one point I found a, what's it called? Like a ruffle thing that people wear over the yeah. neck. And, and, um, oh, yeah. and it, came, it came and went and I kept losing it. And then it came from nowhere and then it just disappeared into nowhere. But also there's a hat that Andrea, my German friend, dropped. And I didn't, I didn't, I'd only met him once. And then I picked up this hat. And then I then basically I found him, got on the hat just before the water of the Pyrenees. And we continued to walk all the way to Santiago from there because he dropped his hat. It was one of those like yeah. it was a, a beautiful thing. It was a, such a symbolic moment. But the to me, I mean, you're Irish, okay. There's a big sort of Catholic thing in Ireland and all the rest of it. Was was that uh, an at all part of your reasons for doing the Camino? Well, I must say that the the Catholic thing in Ireland um, has really died out. It's not as strong as it used to be, unfortunately. Yeah. But that that's true for many around European the world. Countries. Yeah. But um, yeah, I was brought up a Catholic. Went to Catholic schools. Um, still go to mass mm-hmm. um, my children undergo the sacraments as well so the catholicism part didn't really play a massive part into the reason why i was doing the camino but 
while I have been doing the Camino, it does play in. So um, when I am there walking, if it's a Sunday, I do make sure I go to Mass. Yeah. Um, I don't understand. My Spanish isn't of a level, even after living in Spain. <laughs> no, it's an embarrassment and everything. But um, I understand more than I can speak. Um, so following the Mass isn't, isn't that bad. But uh, yeah, I, I try to make sure that I do go to Mass yeah. whenever I'm walking Camino. And when I do have the chance, I do take the opportunity to stop in to the churches. As much out of curiosity, hmm. um, one of the things they tell you not to talk about in Spain is the Civil War. But coming from Northern Ireland, that had our own troubles, yeah. um, is the easiest way of phrasing it and well notated for it. Um, the notion of not talking about the Civil War, I find very strange. But there are so many sites and areas where there are small monuments to remember mm -hmm. people that were murdered. There's yeah. no other real way of putting it. Um, and knowing that there was sort of a revolt against the church and the patriarchy, um, to say that there's so much still in place, that there's so much history in those buildings, um, and in many cases, so much grandeur, um, I find that really fascinating, that there's so much that survived what really wrecked the country for a significant Absolutely. number of years. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's not a driving factor, but it, my faith um, does play into it, whether mm. I like it or not. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I was brought up a Catholic myself and had yeah. very much a similar sort of um, background, but I did have a falling out with the church because of my sexuality. Um, and so it was a very, that side of the Camino was really interesting for me because I was still drawn to go to the churches and looking at the grandeur of the whole thing. And when I got yeah. to, have you, have you, you won't have got to Leon yet, have you? No, no. Oh, when you get, oh my goodness. That's, that, that's, that's if, if I can stretch my days to sort of 30, 35 kilometers, mm. I might, I might make it to Leon. But, um, I think uh, at the most I might make it to Sahagun, but uh, oh, there's a place in Sahagun you really should stop at. I wish I could remember that, but it's called. I will have a look up for you. There's basically you can go, <laughs> and you, you can you can stop with um. It's like an old monastery, yeah, uh, and you can and you stop in the in the rooms and there's like crucifixes everywhere. And go to mass there and there's communal meal and you get a chat to the priest and never even get around and have a cup of coffee and ask why you're there yeah. and it's wonderful. It's so cathartic. It's such a nice experience. So yeah, Sahagun is brilliant. You you love it. Well, see, in the same sense, people go of all faiths would go to Rome and happily go around absolutely Celica and stuff. You know, so the notion of people going and visiting churches, I think, is great. And um, even those that are of no faith, just even go and see it. There's there's so much history to them. Mm. I, I'd be quite, I say, quite a liberal um, Catholic in one sense. There's some things that I'm very fixed on mm -hmm. um, in my faith. And then there's some things where I think the church really has got the wrong I stick for quite a number of years. Yeah. Um, I think the current Pope is trying to change those things. He might be trying to paddle against uh, against the tide yeah. for some elements of the church. But um, I think Pope Francis is really working hard to try and change things. 
for yeah, the better. Absolutely. He seems um, like a good man. But he's only one man. Exactly. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's fighting a lo- very long, long history. <laughs> yeah, a long history of wrongdoing and mm. persecution, which I think is very unchristian. Absolutely. But that's, uh, that's just my opinion. <laughs> no, that's, that's what we're here to talk about. Um, so is the Camino for everybody, do you think? Do you know, I think it is mm. in the sense that for every individual, it brings its own challenges. I have seen people walking it with children. Mm-hmm. And for me, the notion of bringing my children to walk the Camino is a massive no. That That is too much of a hurdle for me. Yeah. But people do it and they they find a way through it. There are people that do the Camino with severe disabilities. Yeah. They are supported by other other groups, other individuals who give their time up, but they do do it. There are people that have um, mental issues or yeah. depression. And they, I think people that do it, whether it's a physical or a mental disability or blockage whatever you want to call it um they all get their own little thing out of it whatever it is for them um you'd spoken on previous mm-hmm. podcasts about your own issues and the difficulties yes. that you were finding on on the camino and yet you still got something out of it oh massively absolutely so i think it, it depends on 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 the individual um, there are difficulties about the Camino. Mm. Some of them might be monstrous. Um, it could be there is some mental blockage that you just can't get past. And if that's the case, you might have learned where that where that line is. Yeah. You know, you'll take away something from it, or you might set that line and go right. Well, I want, that's where I want to break past. That's 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 what I need to to address. So. Yeah, I think it is for for everyone, but at at different levels, you Absolutely. know. And um, you do a YouTube channel all about the Camino. I was very impressed. It, it's it's not all about the Camino, but the Camino feeds into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I had because the, the children were at home, mm-hmm. they were always asking, "No, where's Daddy? What's Daddy doing?" So one of my daughters, uh, the eldest daughter, um, before I left sort of said will you send me a video i was like yeah i can do that um my my day job would be um doing social media and websites and video content photography so doing a video seemed like a natural thing to do so i had downloaded an app onto my phone Mm -hmm. where i could cut and edit the videos um so i'd started doing them primarily for the children yeah. So whenever they woke up the next morning, um, I'd have sat the night before editing on a small phone, uh, a video together for them to watch to see where daddy had been, what he had done the day before. But I didn't want to pitch it at um, just at a childish level where I'm maybe talking baby speak to them and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I sort of left it as, it as it was, as I would say it to any other person. Um, so the children could watch a video each morning. So that's, uh, that's how my evenings were made up. Whether that's how I do it going forward, I'm mm-hmm. not too sure because um, whenever you're sitting editing, it can take quite a lot of time, quite a lot of focus, and 
sometimes it's time when I should have been sleeping whenever maybe the accommodation might have been a bit quieter yeah. and I should have taken that opportunity and didn't. So um, it, that's something which I'm going to sort of figure out for myself in the next couple of months before I go away. Um, one aspect that does feed into that is that um, my latest phone that I have, the app that I used and loved, Mm. Um, isn't available oh dear <laughs> so um that sort of puts a, a dampener on that one and i don't want to be carrying a laptop with me to do edits yeah um i tr- try to travel with as small a pack as possible which is why i'm going back sort of summer months as mm. opposed to winter and um, winter months you end up carrying a lot more but um summer months you can literally go with a t-shirt and a pair of shorts go commando and you oh, know you've got a little washing you know <laughs> yeah very well washing you're doing <laughs> A 20, 20 liter pack, you know, you can get away with it if if you really want. But uh, yeah, the, the videos that are on there, it tries to document some of, some of them are better than others. Mm. Um, some days you, you have the time. Some days you just you just can't be bothered, you know, focus yeah. on keeping one foot in front of the other yeah. and walking. But on the, on the channel, yeah, there's there's other stuff. There's days out with the family and kids. Um, uh, and other wee bits and pieces yeah so yeah i, I like to stick stuff out uh, the kids like watching themselves so if, if, if people could, we've got to come to that we've got to wrap it up unfortunately because we're getting to the yeah. end of the, the allotted time um if people want to watch your videos where do they look um you can uh search on youtube column mccann um it's probably the easiest you'll see uh, uh an image of a gray-haired fellow um I think that's the icon that's on it at the moment anyway. Um, or use the hashtag Colin McCann, all one word, and um, it will hopefully bring me up. I'll put, I'll put a link in the description as well for any of the listeners. Well, thank you very much. I've got so many questions that I still want to ask you, but I don't have the time. So <laughs> if you want to come back, once you've done the the next part of the Camino, then I'd love to have you come back again. Yeah, I'll be away in the middle of June. So if anyone's walking in the middle of June um, from the 14th to whatever the week after that is, the 21st, um, if they are walking along that Burgos to Leon sort of Meseta part and they see a grey-haired fella, feel free to chat, say hello. Yeah. Um, be more than welcome. And yeah, I'd be happy to come back, Stu. Yeah. Excellent. Don't listen to any of the nonsense people say about the Meseta. is boring. It's one of the most no, beautiful. It looks, it looks beautiful. It is amazing. It's incredible. I, it's probably one of my favorite bits. Just trying to plan where I can get a drone up in the air so that I can get footage because I see people using drones a lot around mm. the cities and that, but I'm a stickler for rules and I, I'm registered for flying the drone. So my ID shows up whenever my drone goes up in the wow. air. Yeah. And in a city, um, you're not supposed to be flying in cities most of the time. Mm. And uh, that, that's pretty risky, but I really want to break the rules. <laughs> <laughs> but there, it, it, I'll have to wait and see. I'll, I'll, I'll chance my arm, maybe take my ID off my drone. <laughs> Excellent. Well, let me come, come back and let me t- tell me if you've broken the rules or not. So one last thing I have, must have to say to you, is, other than thank you very much, it's been a pleasure to meet you. I must say, buen camino. Muchas gracias, señor. <laughs> ah, de Thank you very much, Colin, and um, hopefully I'll see you in, in when, you, when you're back in June. Thank you very much, Stu. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Take care, mate. Bye. Bye.